people live righteously. It's time for another episode of The Cultural Hall, and it's a news episode. Uh, In the second block, we talk with Nate Eaton from East Idaho News. He is living and breathing the Lori Vallow Daybell case, and he gives us the update on what's going on in that case. So uh, know that that is coming in the second block. And then, of course, in the third block, we've got the temple ticker. Corey K. Ward, the pharaoh himself, says the latest and greatest about... Uh, the temples of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, including including breaking news uh, that made my mouth go agape and took a moment to be able to close it. Uh, but here in the first block, we do actual articles of news and a little bit of opening exercises. My friend Russell the Love Muscle from, <laughs> from Texas. You know what's funny about that, Russ? Um, there are several things funny about it. But what uh, what one were you gonna say? Uh, well, once upon a time we used to call you Russ the Love Muss. Mm-hmm. Uh, my and- my original uh, email address that I still use for like spam purposes is Love Muss, but spelled yeah. M U S S. Yeah, I think that that's actually where we got. I don't know that that's where we got from, or maybe that's what you just add. People insist. insist I mean, on calling the, you. I worked at a grocery store in high school, and at one point, uh, someone made me a a name tag that said Love Muscle. Okay. Okay. But I think I think we spelled it M U S S E L L. Like but. so much of my youth, I would just say things. Yeah. And had and didn't and didn't stop to think about it. In fact, in my adulthood now, I do that very same thing. And I don't remember, but it was sometime in the last five years when it dawned on me what the love muscle might be. <laughs> the heart. Yeah, the heart. It's it the is. heart. It's the beating it's, of the heart. It's it the literally love. a muscle. It's yep. the heart. Yep. yep. Yep, didn't dawn on me until then. And then uh, it it wasn't you, but it was maybe someone else named Russell. I can't remember, but I went, you know, the love mo. Wait a minute, (laughs) maybe not. I find it I find it interesting when like people say things to me that rhyme with Russell, and then like have this like gleam in their eyes, like they're original at this point in Uh my forty plus years of life that no one's ever connected that Russell rhymes with. Brussels, for okay, okay, okay. My my uh, a guy at work recently started to take calling me Brussels sprouts or Russell sprouts. Oh no! <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, dude. I I went to third grade. I've I've heard that one before. So I I like the idea of hustle your bustle, Russell. That's kind of oh, fun. That's that's nice. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, I don't. That mind. one's that one's le- less common. Yeah, yeah. Well, because what's a bustle really? I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a heart, obviously. <laughs> How are you, sir? How's Texas? Is your temple it's, built yet? How's your family? No, it's Do you have not, eleven the, kids yet. What's going on uh, down there? Nope, not eleven. Uh, still working on not having any more. And yep. uh, the temple site has been announced, but uh, isn't under construction yet. Haven't had a groundbreaking uh, down there. No, no. I think I think they are on the five or ten year plan. I don't know. Okay, I'm sure it'll go faster than that. They have land. Yeah. So, okay. and they've got a bunch now in Texas announced, so they can just like you know cookie cutter them, right? Yeah, yeah. Knock them out. This, you're in San Marcos, but your temple is what Austin? Remind me which uh, one it is. Where is well, it? Well, we're currently in the San Antonio Temple District. We are probably going to be put in the Austin Temple District, depending on if they were to change state boundaries in the future. Mm-hmm. From where I live, it will be easier to get to San Antonio. But that's mostly because uh, traffic in Austin is terrible. Okay. Okay. 
But uh, we had a thing with the church this last few weeks, and I really dislike it. And I want to know if you've ever had something like this. Oh, okay. All right. So, so you know, the first of the month was general conference. Yeah. Right? I, I actually like to call it, it was conference, generally speaking. Oh. I sometimes like to, because we're all about saying the full names of things, uh-huh. I like to say the 193rd <laughs> annual, semi-annual general conference of the Church of Jesus Christ yeah, that, of Latter-day Saints. From the crossroads yeah. of the West. <laughs> I was trying to do the math real quick, but it didn't work. Thank you. Um, no, but like we had state conference last weekend. Okay. And so the, uh, well, and it's, we've had it in the past where it's been general conference, state conference. And I'm sure we would have this year, but for Easter. So we went general conference, Easter, state conference. Okay. But I always feel like state conference, so close to general conference, like uh, isn't my favorite. Yeah, I, and we do that same thing too. They're they're immediately close. Uh, they're yeah, like within two or three weeks, I think. No, okay. I, I maybe, it's maybe. Our, maybe it's our ward conference, but yeah, spread it out, spread it out. It's like you don't have spring, spring uh, equinox and summer solstice right next to each other. You give it some space, let it breathe. I mean, I mean, our state president in his talk, which was a lovely talk, he said something like, you know, we take the sacrament forty-eight times a year. Mm-hmm. You know, because you miss two for general conference and you miss two for state conference. And I'm like, if that's true, then why are why are we stacking them next to each other? Why don't we space that out a little bit? Yeah. Let me ask so, you this. Let me ask you this about that. How was your Easter observance? Um, it was, it was good. It was because uh, it's different. I, it was just the one hour focused on Jesus or should have been. Yeah, no, and I've, I may have told this story before about the worst sacrament meeting ever I've ever attended in my life, which was in Cedar <laughs> City that happened okay. on Easter. Okay. Which... I'd like to like if that uh, youth bishop or single adult ward bishop was still alive. I'd like to, you know, forward that message about what Easter Sunday. What, what to be. made Anyways. it so bad? I can't remember. No, it was uh, the uh, it was Easter Sunday in uh-huh. Cedar City, Utah. Uh-huh. It was a student ward. The year, and you were you were in the ward. Lord. You the were in the ward because the two thousand three, two thousand two. Okay, so. Uh, no, the, I was uh, there. Was was yeah, that you, part of what made you, it so terrible? Yes, in <laughs> fact, you were. No, okay. So, uh, so, and maybe you'll remember this. And okay. So, uh, I'll, so I'll talk about, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sell this quickly because I know you got articles to get to. But yeah, what happened was the first person got up to talk and said, "I, um, they didn't give me an assignment to talk of, of what to talk about." Uh-huh. And I said in my head, "That's because it's Easter. You don't, you don't need." to know what to talk about it's um it's a it's what you talk about right it's what you talk about every sunday but especially easter sunday yeah anyway so uh this young lady which i'm sure she's a delightful person i don't remember anything about her other than the fact that she gave a talk about how her roommates were really good friends and then okay then the bishopric guy got up and he says something to the effect of uh the other speakers like didn't show up today Oh, perfect. So instead of, you know, you know what we're what we're going to do instead is we're going to open it up for you to just get up and talk. Now we're not going to do a testimony meeting, so don't think of this as a testimony meeting, but think of it as like a chance to like if there's things you wanted to say or like uh, things you want to teach about, anything mm-hmm. you want to do. Mm-hmm. Open mic sacrament meeting. Okay, so like a testimony meeting, but we don't want to call it that because. Testimony well, meetings are like, only the first Sunday of the month, except for. Well, I, I think I think he wanted to give people the leeway of like, you know, perhaps diving into more 
you know, topics or like talk, make it more of a talk kind of format than like, you don't have to feel, feel constrained to the constrained to a, you know, a one minute, sure. you know, testimony, you know, cause we're in the church really good about, you know, how a real testimony works. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. We never tell, it. we never tell long stories and talk no. about trips or anything ever. No, this, this of course, right here, an example of not telling a long story. <laughs> So anyways, like people just get up and say random crap, right? And I'm just like banging my head against the the uh, folding chair because we weren't in a real church. And I'm thinking to myself, this right here is why people say Mormons aren't Christian. This right here is why people say Mormons aren't Christian. And then a bishopric member got up. And this is this was the thing that like was the, the uh, chef's kiss on the <laughs> meeting. He goes, brilliant, inspired, amazing inspirational these are just some of the words i would use to describe richard stedman's performance in whatever stupid school play we were in really <laughs> time yeah <laughs> and i just like about fell out of my chair because when the bishopric guy got up i thought surely he's going to bring it back to to the gospel of you know jesus christ on easter sunday but no he talked about how you did a great job in the school play oh that's nice <laughs> it is it was I I have I, I I'm not sure if I'm losing it and it, I mean people who know me and are very close to me know yes you are in fact losing it but I have no recollection of that experience at yeah. all and I have recently been scanning like photos from all of my life into yeah I went to the the family search center and they have the nice photo scanners that you can do like 2000 in a couple hours just scanning these photos there are photos of people I don't know with me in places. I don't know where that is <laughs> and things that I'm like, I don't, I don't even, I can't even put this photo in context as to when it was like, I look at it and I'm like, Oh, my hair's kind of short. So maybe college. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I understand that memory is weird. And so the way I described it is the way I remember it, which may not be a hundred percent accurate, but good yeah. land. Yeah. It was, I was excited that um, uh, the, uh, you know, we had to have a Christ-centered Easter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm excited. I did such a great job in the show. You did. It was yeah. inspirational. <laughs> and, I, and I wish I remember what the adjectives really were. It was such a train wreck of a, a meeting in my mind, which like, I remember at the time being just blown away by it. But anyway, so yeah, Easter. How was yours? Uh, yeah, uh, decent. It was good. My wife came with me, uh, which is fun. Uh, she she would come with me to whatever meeting I asked her to. If I was like, hey, it's really important that you come with me. But uh, sort of Christmas and Easter, she has committed to coming to all the time. So it was nice. It was uh, not the first time, but maybe the second or third time that people in my ward have had the chance to kind of meet her and see her. And, and, and because I go every week, and she does not, they noticed that something was different, and that was that she was there with me. And so the second amen happens, it's, hey, how's it going? Are you Richie's wife? Yeah, it was, so it was great. It was the way that I feel like it should be, and, and so I appreciate okay, that. Good. I mean, that, that, that thing you said about the way it should be, it, it could have gone a whole bunch of different ways. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in any no, given ward, No, I, unfortunately. Pre I appreciate the way that that is. Whenever, whenever there's something new, we should be overly welcoming to that person. That's at least right. that's how I feel about it. Make that person feel super comfortable. Like people notice that there was someone that was new that was there and that they're cared for. So, uh, yeah, I appreciated that. 
a lot of music too. Lots of music. We had like a young men, young women's choir. We had the primary sing. We had the ward choir sing. I think we had like a quartet from the bishopric or, you know, some leadership. It was, it was a lot of singing and then uh, one talk. So it was good. And it was a good, it was a, it actually, the guy who uh, gave the talk was like super Christ centered and like basic. And I don't mean basic in any sort of like negative. It was just like Jesus is the savior kind of, it was, it was good. It was the way I wish that most Sundays were. <laughs> right. Uh, let's get into some, oh, oh, let me tell you this. This is sort of funny. Uh, so uh, I have uh, anxiety in a fun way, which is super okay. great. And, uh, and, and the way that it manifests itself now, I don't think I've talked about this. I hope not. Is uh, so, so my wife and I, we've determined what we need to make for the entire year of 2023. And uh, in order to like cover bills in the morning, okay. and all the things, right? I mean, when you said make, you meant money, not cookies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we know that amount. And then uh, we know because I'm, you know, sort of self-employed and because we have now locked in this kind of budget thing, we know how much I've made up to this point and how much I still have to make for the year to be in the clear, right? Essentially right. black for the year. I think that will be just fine. Um, but but what I've done as a fun obsession uh, <laughs> in my anxiety is I'm able to take said amount and find out how much I've made so far as a percentage of said amount and then take that percentage of said amount and assign it to a day. So like currently, I am 52% of what I need to make for the entire year, which is great because I'm great. 52% of the way through the year. No, so it's over a fourth. If 52% of the year was a day it's july 9th so in my financial household it's july 9th <laughs> wow that's good no, i want to i, I want to say something about the i know that you're going to dive into the the lori daybell chad daybell oh but that's coming up in the second block but oh, i know ahead. i know i just want to do i just want to do the thing because once upon a time you asked me to read a book about it which uh -huh. i in fact read twice but we uh -huh. never talked about it uh -huh. anyways when i read this book about the whole case because i i'd kind of followed it peripherally uh-huh I think I said that horribly. No, I um, think you nailed it. The one thing I took away from that case is the parallels with my own life. Not the crazy parts, uh -huh. but like I went to the same high school as Chad Daybell. Okay. Uh, when uh, Lori Vallow lived in Texas or whatever her name was when she was here, uh -huh. she was Miss Hayes County, which is the county that I live in. Okay. And like I was also not on Wheel of Fortune, so that's not a similarity. <laughs> but... No, I just thought it was interesting that like, oh, that's my high school in my town. And then it was like, oh, wait, then she moved to the same part of Texas as me. What is this? Why am why does my life follow them? She just can't get next to you, Russ. She can't get next to you. What's the name yeah. of that book? I can't remember. The Blood uh, Under blood, the Killing Blood of the Moon, moon of the Earth. Yeah. Under the, I'm looking it up on my Audible right now. Did it, you listen it, to it? Uh oh yeah. Oh, only one time. Um but it is, it's written by Leah Satilli. I know that because she's the one who did uh, the Bundyville podcast, which if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, you should check that out. Uh, the, uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting is I had a friend in high school uh, there in Springville, Utah, who worked in the cemetery. Mm -hmm. And we used to make fun of him that he was a grave digger and whatever. But uh -huh. then like recently I ran into him and we were talking and he was like, yeah, I you know worked with Chad. And like, so every yeah. year he... So he like would give him all the books. So like he had this whole library of Chad Dable books. And I was like, "Oh, cool! Do you still have them?" And he's like, "No, I threw them away." Yeah, gross. I'm like, why would what? Why? Well, okay. You could sell them now for big money. When the yeah, moon like, turns uh, to blood, 
at least called. as much as they originally cost. I don't know. A signed one. I bet there are people that like that weird stuff, pay a lot of money for the creepy murderer things. Yeah, maybe. All right, that, here we go. That feels weird. All here right, we go. Let's get into some news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. And away we go. Uh, do you do you ever read the Babylon Bee? I do. I, 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 I guess I should say I generally see it posted other places. Yeah. I, I don't I know wanna, that I've ever gone to the site itself. And I want to share this because this article was so funny. Uh, I'm going to read it in its entirety because it's oh, short. Gosh. Uh, but I just think it's so it's so well written. And if you don't know, Babylon B is a satire. It's Christian satire. It's not specifically Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, right? It's all sort of Christian. No, they take shots every now and again. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is the headline from the Babylon B. Mormon wishes he drank beer so he could boycott Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> And it goes on. A local member of the church, this is Provo, Utah. A local member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints found himself experiencing an acute trial of faith recently. Following the controversy surrounding Bud Light's support of trans activist Dylan Mulvaney, he wished he drank beer so he could join in the boycott of Bud Light. Quote, this boycott of Bud Light is sure to destroy Anheuser-Busch, end quote, said Mahanrai McConkie. <laughs> oh, great. While staring longingly at the refrigerated section of his local gas station, quote, I just want to be part There's of some effect. Mahanrai McConkie somewhere that their friends keep sending. In that article. Yeah. Is this you? Is this you? Quote, I just want to be a part of an effective lasting campaign against woke corporations, period. Also, what the heck is a logger? Question mark. End quote. <laughs> As a Latter-day Saint Mormon or Motokoj Colds, which is member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, McConkie typically abstains from beer, but has never been more tempted to partake of the sinful beverage than at this moment when so much is at stake. Quote, I feel like I'm not doing enough to fight the satanic woke agenda that's leading us by the neck into darkness with a flaxen cord. Maybe if I just bought a different brand of beer and then never drank it, that would help. This is so difficult, end quote. Just then, McConkie's bishop entered the gas station to buy a large diet Pepsi, no ice, forcing McConkie to dive behind the candy bar aisle before he was caught staring at pale ales, whatever those are. <laughs> the near-death experience reminded the Mormon that the physical and spiritual benefits of abstaining from alcohol, tobacco, coffee, and tea were well worth missing out on joining a cause as great as sticking it to Bud Light. At publishing time, a recommitted Mahanrai McConkie was seen leaving the gas station carrying a couple of 24-ounce Mega Monster Energy drinks and a box of raspberry cream-filled donuts. <laughs> Nailed it. That person either is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or knows us so well, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, that there, there's a little bit too much knowledge built into that. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe they had the robots write it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. And speaking of uh, the robots writing it, that's actually where I wanted to go next. Uh, Jana Reese did an article about how Bing has a testimony of the Book of Mormon and other adventures of AI robots. Have you played around much with like uh, Google's Bard or Chat GPT or any of those things? I actually use Chat GPT a lot. And so Tell I, me uh, what context do you use it? Um, I, I find myself using it to um, summarize things that I need to read. Okay. So if you were to send me like, 
a, a long read article that's you know like you know one of those one of those weird articles that you see that are like this will take you 40 minutes to read right i would copy and paste that in there and be like summarize this into 10 key points okay click paste click that's awesome and it and it will do that it also works really good for like some of the school work that i've been uh, doing as far as you know summarize this idea or what does this concept mean or even using it like a search engine and like if you have some topic you need to to uh, look at, you can, you know, tell me more about this. And I, I've seen examples on Reddit of people who've used it to write talks mm -hmm. for church, mm -hmm. and I think that's pretty funny. Uh, it, it is my fully my plan to the next time I speak, my opening joke because you always have to have an opening joke is to have my phone up there and go, all right, Chat GPT, what am I speaking about? Honesty. Write me a five minute talk about honesty. Click. And then start into whatever it says and then actually go into my talk. It is 100% my intention to do that the next time I speak. Can I diverge for just one second from the yes, robots? Please. Yes, please. Um, I just want to take this opportunity to say that um, I like short talks. So when you said five-minute talk, it yeah. made my heart happy. Yeah. Um, I feel like there are precious few people in the church that can carry 20 minutes. Yes. And I feel like if we follow the example of the prophet and look at general conference, I don't know that very many of those talks went 20 minutes. Sure. So why does my ward consistently have uh, brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so take 20 minutes each? Yep. I don't get yeah, it. So why it, have two talks? Why not have eight? So, yeah. So Both let me more. ask you this about that because I, I, I'm of the mind people speak more often but shorter. Yeah. But it, I, I'm what, with probably you on that, a scheduling, probably a scheduling nightmare. Is that the thing? I don't know. I think. I think we've got this word. We went from this tradition of having, you know, three or four talks. And then when they, we, you know, shortened the meeting. So it's not an hour and 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're just like, well, we'll just, we'll just do two. And I still think we should do four. Yeah. No. Or, or, or to your point, like five. Right. And I, yeah. I think about it. Think about it. Are you likely to, if I say to you, Russ, Hey, uh, uh, we'd love for you and your wife to speak. You guys each take five minutes and we'd like you to take, you know, um, I, I want you to speak about faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and I want your wife to speak about repentance. Please keep it right around five minutes. It doesn't need to be any longer. And then I get a couple other people to walk out the rest of the fourth article of faith. And what a great lesson that would be. Right. Full of meat rather than fluff. Right. No, and I, I will say that I did see this in practice sort of at state conference. I had the uh, unique opportunity to view state conference from the planning side mm -hmm. and then the uh, watching it. And they were all about short talks, short talks, short talks. I, I mean, they, they had, when they asked people to talk, they were like, you've got eight minutes. They were like, okay, we actually need you to just do six. And uh, people were really bad at being short. Yeah. But I'd yeah. like that to become the norm. Like, why can't we just all give short talks? But yeah, chat GPT, five minute talk. Perfect. So it's interesting to me as I kind of read through this article, it's just, uh, you know, different questions like um, Janet plays around with what are some of the evidences for or against the Book, Book of Mormon? And then, uh, you know, goes into like the fact that there's metal plates and she, she asks, why do some people like Joseph Smith, but others hate him? And it's, and it's just, uh, interesting to see the, the different sort of answers. Um, it, tell me if I understand how the AI gets it. It essentially scours anything that might be related to it from anything before 2021 and, and sort of puts it together, um, and it's not just before 2021, but it's pretty accurate before 2021 um, and getting better every day in order yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone like, works a little bit answer. different. Yeah. yeah, everything works a little different. And it just kind of, 
you know, it's, you know, it's synthesized the uh, collective human knowledge, like scan the internet for all sorts of stuff, just the same way Google does, where you can find things based on keywords. And it has the advantage, theoretically, of knowing what people have searched for and what, what responses do better and like just kind of learns what 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 people usually hmm. what what answer usually satisfies people when they search the internet for something like that and so uh-huh. that kind of like i assume it's a lot like ranked searches and so like things race to the top and kind of just goes from there although i probably explained that horribly wrong and there's computer scientists somewhere that are yelling in their, their heads headphones. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, so I'm a, I'm a bard fan, bard.google.com. That's where I like my, uh, my AI information to come from. That's uh, your I asked, robot. It, I asked, what is the cultural hall podcast? Are you ready for this? Yeah. The cultural hall podcast is a great resource for anyone who wants to learn more about the church of Jesus Christ. Of Latter-day Saints. The podcast is informative, entertaining, and thought provoking. It is a great way to connect with other members of the church and to learn more about the faith. Here are some of the topics that have been discussed on the podcast, temples, garments, religious beliefs, cultural practices, general conference, prophets, and more. If you are interested in learning more about the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I encourage you to check out the cultural hall podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you, bard.google.com. I thought that wow. was pretty good. Yeah, it's really good at uh, writing ad copy. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought this or, was... I, I mean, for me, it's, it's a great place to start, right? It's like I would never... Like if I were to give a talk using it, I would for sure just like, oh, this is now my outline. I will work from there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You would never... You would never, you know, procrastinate something and then just ask ChatGPT <laughs> to just do it for you. You would never do no. that. No, no, I would never do no, that. You would never. That would never be a thing that you might do. Although your idea <laughs> of doing it as you're walking up to the front uh-huh. uh, or while you're standing at the microphone to give the talk. If you're ever in the scenario where you're called upon at like the end of the meeting, there's extra time. Does that sure. even happen? Sure. You know anymore if that were to happen you could easily be like uh give me an outline for uh talk about this uh and include scripture references yeah and it would yes and 100 percent. i mean here's the thing if you're able to use that as a as a framework and then testify from your own experience how is that any different than anything else it's essentially the index yeah yeah a super smart index uh, to be clear, and I just want to, to roast you a little bit. You don't have any articles that you would like to bring up, right? <laughs> well, I, I, I do. I, I will talk about the thing I, I mentioned briefly to you yesterday, which, okay. um, this, uh, like many people, I was super excited about the Super Mario movie coming out. Okay. And, uh, my kids were just, you know, had been climbing the walls for months, you know, watching every trailer and ready to go see it. And so when, and like, I'd been patiently waiting, I was excited for the soundtrack Okay. Because I thought, because at least in the trailers, they'd taken those familiar Nintendo game themes and kind of made them into this theatrical score. And so I was super excited for the soundtrack. Uh-huh. And so it didn't come out until the day the movie came out. And so I was like, oh, man, I'd been waiting. waiting. And when it finally came out, well, no, it came out after the movie came out because it didn't come out till Friday, which was the day we saw it. Anyway, so when I finally got my hands on the soundtrack, I see that there's this song called Peaches by as Jack Black. Million, as in millions of peaches, peaches for me. Yeah, and peaches, uh, peaches for free. Getting your peaches in Georgia, uh-huh. as they say. Oh, okay. Or no, is that different? Um, yeah, so <laughs> there's a song called Peaches, which, you know, it, it's now a hit song. It's made the Billboard Top 100. It's 
a great song. But when I first saw it listed on the track listing, it contained the name of several people that worked on it, Jack Black and others. But one of the people was named Eric Osmond. And I was like, surely this is one of the, the Osmonds. Some tie to the Osmonds and the church came out and made uh, a contribution somehow to this stellar work of audio. Have mm -hmm. you heard the song? Uh, I'm, it is, I'm, I'm looking it, it up a, right now. It's essentially see. peaches, 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 peaches. It's a song of obsession. It's uh, a great lesson for teaching your daughters about appropriate boundaries with their male suitors because it's <laughs> not appropriate. Anyway, so I was super excited. So I've been trying to like do this Osmond's genealogy to find out how he's connected. And um, I'm pretty sure he's related to Eddie Haskell from Leave It the Beaver. Uh... Leave It to Beaver not donnie and marie so so well, there is no mormon connection there that i can tell shoot, shoot. he looked i mean he looks oh no you didn't look very hard eric osmond is an act american actor singer musician and fitness model known for his versatile performances he's a second generation osmond grew up performing on stage and touring the world with his family he's the son of jay osmond and nephew to donnie are you sure that's the same Eric Osmond though? I mean, let's let's keep looking because uh, I can't. Ken Osmond, who played Eddie Haskell, also has a son named Eric. <laughs> okay, okay. See, it's listen. Fair point. I, fair I, point. I, I let's just believe that that beautiful song. And if you've heard it and you like it, or if you've heard it and it makes you want to bang your head against the wall, um, let's just claim him. Because we're all brothers and sisters. Well, and what I want to push someone towards is if you are a uh, genealogical wizard, help us find out if, in fact, this is Eric Osmond, nephew of Donnie, or if this is Eric Osmond, son of Eddie Haskell. Who uh, I also learned yesterday was a longtime Los Angeles police officer. Eddie Haskell? Yeah. Turns out after you, you're Eddie Haskell, then you join the police force. How do you ever get called anything besides, like, you know, Eddie is for it. Yeah, I'm telling you. Oh, wait, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Let's yeah. get here. All uh, right, I, we'll I, figure it out. We digress. We digress. Is Eric well, Osmond. The song. Also, the, the other thing about the song, this doesn't have anything to do with anything other than the fact that I played Mario games the entirety of their existence. And um, I've rescued that princess a million times. And I realized that they didn't start referring to her as Peach. Later, until later, it was Princess Toadstool. Her name, Peach Toadstool. Anyways, in the whole history of time, I've never once thought of like, if I had a nickname for that princess, I'd call her Peaches. Mm. Well, it's and Princess just, Peach, that's her name. Right, I know, but like to call her Peaches, okay. like, I never would have thought to do that. Okay. And okay. I'm kind of disappointed at my uh, lack of romantic song making capabilities. Yeah, me too. Because that is something I can join you with. There's also a delightful YouTube video of Jack Black singing peaches all right enough enough this i thought this article i thought was funny uh we're going sportsy for a second um there is a transfer to byu his name is jake retzlaff he is a quarterback and also a reformed jew now let me ask you this how many jewish people this is not a joke this is actually a sincere question how many jewish people do you think attend Brigham Young University. I would guess probably more than we think because there's, you know, church connection to Israel, the Jerusalem Center. I imagine that you could probably 
you know, our our faith has traditionally been friendly with with the Jewish people. Okay. So there's 31,633 attendees of BYU as of fall 2021. How many Jewish people? 408. Okay. Here's what I thought was fascinating about this. There are five. Five? <laughs> Three undergraduates and two doing graduate work with a totality of five Jewish people that attend Brigham Young University. Okay. That, that's it. He's apparently a pretty good quarterback, may start, blah, 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 all the things that are around sports. But uh, I couldn't stop once I... Uh, once I know, once I knew that there were only five Jewish people that attended BYU, uh, I just it it blew my mind. We could, we could get a whole show with just a panel of those five people. Yeah, uh, Retzlaff, though more reformed in his faith, uh, he will be on the field on Saturdays because obviously that would be the Jewish Sabbath. Um, but he will play. He says, for me personally, I choose to play football. It is what I am here at BYU to do. And what I choose to do, it's as much as who I am as being Jewish. So I will be playing football on Saturdays with no restrictions. It's, a, it, it's, a, uh, it's a fascinating thing. And interestingly enough, uh, they're, uh, they're up 20% over last year with Jewish people at BYU. <laughs> I also have a sports story to talk about. Okay. I thought you had no stories. I love this. I love when you come from nowhere with stories. I am full of I, I, all I do is consume news, so I I can I can do this without you know having things prepared. Mm -hmm. I saw this week that there's uh, obviously it made a lot of news in Utah that there is talk of attracting Major League Baseball to Salt oh, Lake yeah, City. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Major so what League I wanted team in downtown Salt Lake. Downtown is kind of a stretch, but in Rose Park, Salt Lake. Uh, but uh, the idea of a Utah-based Major League Baseball team. Mm -hmm. Now we know we didn't get to choose the name of the Jazz because mm -hmm. we brought yeah them we from purchased New it from New Orleans, yeah, where Jazz exists. And uh, but this is a chance; it's an expansion team. Mm -hmm. Potentially, we could name this team. What kind of terrible church-related? names could you have oh yeah for a major league baseball team obviously the pioneers was a baseball team in utah for a long time sure, sure. that could be a thing uh and it probably couldn't be like the avenging angels because there's already an angels sure, baseball team sure. yeah probably not that uh the templars or knights templar yeah that I, i've else? seen thrown around like the beehives i see i'm personally i'm of the mind that if we get a uh a baseball team here in the state of utah even though it's not Mormon centric, I really think it should be a throwback to the trappers, the trappers. Yeah. The old Minnesota twins farm team. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I also like the goals. I think that that's oh, okay. Uh, I think that that's uh, again, not Mormon centric, but very Utah centric. To that be seems like a missed team. opportunity for our soccer team. Yeah. But... Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, uh, so other I've seen thrown around like the beehives or uh, someone even said the Saints, like New Orleans has the Saints. Why couldn't we have the Saints? It's very on, you know, on brand, I guess. You could, well, I, I, if you said Latter-day, that gets a little on the nose. Well, yeah, but just Saints, right? right. Uh, I, I mean, there there have also been jokes around prophets and other things that, that people have made. Uh, not names of prophets, but just prophet, you know. Sears, Revelators, 
<laughs> and they spelled it S E A R S. So it's profit P R O F I T Sears S E A R S. But whatever, whatever it is that we've done, Utah's finally gotten to the point where they stop naming teams with double Z's, right? Uh, probably That's- not. The the other thing that I'll say is, and I read this in an article this morning, is that uh, there's someone who's like within the major league uh, organization, like the governing organization of major league baseball, who's like, that's news to us. We've literally never talked about Utah getting a baseball team. (laughs) So I think it's like a bunch of people and Gail Miller, previous guest of the cultural hall being one of them, that's like, yeah. We should I mean, that's that's it. how you get it to happen, though. You like, yeah. you you roll out a ridiculous plan and and do it. I mean, I saw a story this week that I don't remember the city that was uh, uh, trying to uh, in, in order to maintain their NHL franchise. It was Phoenix. Phoenix. They laid out this whole plan for this facility complex to keep the Coyotes in Phoenix, uh-huh. and it was a two point two billion dollar. Wow sports you know the arena and like the things around it and i was like yep build us a two billion dollar facility and you can have your team yep i just assume that's sort of how it would play out in salt lake but of course i mean there's there's other places that a baseball team could go sure uh, the the latest and and i know this isn't church related so let's move on after we share this but the latest is that we it would be more likely that we would get the oakland athletics to come to utah than to actually get an expansion team. So then we're stuck with the A's. Yep, we are the A's. Utah uh, A's. Uh, this is sort of interesting. Gatlin Bear uh, may be the fastest high school football player in the country, but there is an interesting caveat to his recruitment and name in license is involved. The class of 2024 recruit is actually going to be part of the class of 2026. He's a four-star prospect from a town of 11,000 in Idaho has offers from places like Boise state, Michigan, Nebraska, Arkansas, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Oregon, Texas, and BYU. Not only is he a talent on the gridiron, he's also one of the fastest high schoolers in the country. He ran a 10.18 second hundred meter dash at the end of March, which is the second fastest time among high schoolers this year. But what, what he's a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He's going to be taking a two year mission after high school before attending an institute of higher learning and the way he's paying for his mission, whomever he commits to is going to pay for it with name and licensing for his mission. So he'll commit to Oklahoma and then part of his I'm signing with you is that they'll pay for his mission. There you go. Isn't that cool? I mean, so you know he's BYU bound because places like Nebraska, I mean, unless they're just like, what, we have to pay or we have to organize this? Okay, sure. We'll organize this, but it it seems a much more natural fit that he would go to a place like BYU if they're like, yeah, we'll get your mission paid for. Elder Bear's mission brought to you by Deseret Book. (laughs) Yeah. Which, okay. These are the best two years of my life. Also available on DVD. So, so it's an interesting thing, and and certainly an adjacent thing to the you know the name in license as far as all that goes. But it bring you bring up an interesting point that I actually wanted to talk to, and I think you're the one that I would like to talk to about this. So recently in general conference, Emily Bell Freeman was called to be the young women president. Is that right? Uh, yes. She's yeah, the young women general president, right? Yeah. Yep. General young women's president. Yeah, general young women's president. Specifically, sorry about that, sorry about that Sister Freeman. So, so let me let me first of all say that I love her. Two-time guest of the Cultural Hall, super great. 
I think all of the things that she puts out are great. Um, but it does it does sort of dawn on me now that here is a person that has been elevated by the church that we're saying this is a great leader and 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 person whom we should receive instruction from, and that she will directly be able to reap the benefits of sales of her materials, books, etc. And part of that, not necessarily due to her position within the church, but because of her position in the church, anyone that who maybe hadn't heard of her or hadn't experienced that before are more likely and more prone to purchase said materials now because of her position in the church. And for some reason, that that feels a little... It feels a little to me. I don't know that I like. I'm not. I'm not declaring priestcrafts like you know. Oh my gosh! I can't believe that the church has fallen away and all everything like that. But similarly to like um, when uh, when um, like the biographies of the prophets or books by the apostles, like there's there's a certain part of me that if I think, man, they're writing this book and the more copies they sell goes into, you know. Elder Boyd K. Packer's pocket, you know, that that rubs me a little bit wrong as well, right? In my mind, I just sort of hope that they're like, oh, I don't need the money from my biography, says President Nelson. Give that to the mission department of the church. But I don't think right. based on, you know, that that's how Emily Bell Freeman has made her living and that when you serve in those capacities, I you still continue in your profession I can't help but think that it would directly benefit. And for some reason, and I'd love someone to talk me out of this, it feels a little not not like um not like creepy. It just feels a little off. It just feels there's there's something about it that I go, you know, maybe for the time being, all of the proceeds while she's in the calling go toward a particular thing, or maybe I'm completely off base. But there's something about it that I go, ah, this I don't know that this is how this is supposed to be. I, I guess I hadn't really, I, I guess I just assumed when she was called that, like, that meant her podcasting days were over. Sure. Does it not? Does I it, don't know. Is, I just assumed that, like, and I know that she has, I don't want to, I hate the word influencer, mm -hmm. but like, you know, like the social media stuff, like that's kind of the, the, the word people use, but like, sure. like that in and of itself isn't. I feel like that's a pejorative, but I'm not using it that way. Sure. Anyways, but like, like, I don't think you can, I don't feel like you can be an influencer and uh, a general church leader. Interesting. With, if that's the focus of your thing, right? Like okay. if you're, if your focus of your, like if she was a, I don't know, she made cookie recipes or whatever, did some other thing like uh -huh. then that, yeah. But like where her, her content falls in church with the church world. Mm -hmm. I don't like, obviously she can't sell like lesson plans for young women on the side. Well, well, but like, and, and I'm not, and, I mean, like and, that said, like she has some that she's made in the past or I, I'm not even really that familiar with the, the other things she does other than the podcast. But like, you know, I, I obviously like I have friends that have are influencers for lack of a better word uh -huh. that, you know, told me like, look, I'm, if I stopped creating content today, like based on like my Google positioning and like the old stuff, like, like 
I'd make a pretty decent amount of money just letting it roll. You yeah. Know, it, it just, it continues to make money. Like yeah. some months, my old content makes more than my new content essentially. Mm-hmm. And so if like, if that happens, like, you know, like people go back and find her catalog of stuff, but I feel like that's probably okay. I just don't. Yeah. It, it yeah. Seems Making like new would... church centric content seems a little, a little yeah. weird. It seems, it seems like a delicate line and I welcome this contact of the cultural.com again, yeah. no shade thrown on, no. uh, on Deseret book or on Emily Bell Freeman, uh, because I think both are wonderful and, and do, uh, do amazing things. It, it just is a thing that I go, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where the line is drawn. If this is this person's well, profession and that's where they're at now, and that's what they're going to be when they're done. Does it make sense that you would kind of leave your nets for three years and come back and do it? Kind of. I mean, yeah, that's what mission presidents do. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Like they leave their careers to and come back. Um, I, I wonder too, like uh, when a, a, a gen, like obviously the, the quorum of the 12 apostles and the first presidency, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't do a lot of interviews necessarily. Like sure. and when they do, it's kind of a big deal, mm-hmm. but from the same the same reasoning, I would feel like they would have to be careful on how they select the opportunities they do do to do one-on-one interviews for mm-hmm. that reason. Cause it would feel really weird if like, you know, someone was like, I'm going to do this interview on your show because they know that it's going to create, you know, a windfall for you. You're essentially yeah. picking a winner. Yeah. And so how does that work? And, but I mean, it's this, that feels a little, it feels a little more weird where it's immediate and a person mm-hmm. like in the case of like a podcast situation, like if president Nelson was like, I am going to do an interview this year with the cultural hall. Right. That would be, that would be like, Oh wow. I, well, and, but if it feels less bad than that feels more, Oh, that's kind of questionable to me. Mm-hmm. But it feels different than like, Oh, I'm going to do 60 minutes. Right. When at the same time, like there's still, obviously a bunch of advertising money made yeah. on that same yeah. thing. So, yeah. So I don't like know how do you obviously doing something that makes someone else money versus making you the individual money is also a big difference too. Yeah, that's when we posted about this on Facebook the other day, which by the way, find us on all the social medias at the cultural hall. Uh, people were like, nah, it's different. It's not the same thing. It's, you know, cause I compared it a little bit to the ponderize, uh, talk of a few years ago where the guy was really branding Ponderize. And as it turns out, he had purchased the website Ponderize.com and had started to. Like, I mean, it wasn't that his kid was like involved that. in that. Though, yeah, but. yeah. 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 I mean, it's not like that, but it, but is there something or am I, am I making a lot out of nothing? I would be curious. Contact the com. I, I mean, like there's, there's plenty of examples of like, like John, by the way, books. Sure. And as John, by the way, you know, moved up the yeah and is in the you know the young men's uh presidency or council or whatever well he's not but yeah yeah. i think he is i i am pretty sure that he is he might might be on a board but no i think uh, he's on the young men's board the board is yeah but i mean i mean that's part of it i mean is it is it a case of like the the public things that these people have been able to do and the books and the talks and their popularity in the community has elevated their attention to the point that they are noticed and then, you know, called to these positions mm-hmm. versus, you know. Yeah. But, but is his, but is his different because uh, John, by the way, I mean, he's a part of that follow him podcast with uh, Hank, Hank Smith. 
but they don't charge for it. That's a free thing. And so that's a different, that, that to me is a different thing. And I think John has all the previous products, but yeah, similarly, like if he's doing stuff now and saying, yeah, I'm on the, and by the way, he is on the young men general advisory council. Thank yeah, you but, very much. Yeah. That's different than being in the, in the young sure. men's presidency, the general young women's president. The general president of the young women's. Anyway, it's a discussion worth having. Weigh in. Contact at theculturehall.com. I'll also say this, and this is very exciting, uh, and maybe we end here, although we've, you know, whenever we chat, we always get too chatty about all the things. Uh, we never get to all of the news stories. So let me just say this. Let me say two things before uh, we get there. Uh, BYU Women's Conference is going to be held in person for the first time in three years. It's going to be Wednesday, May 3rd, Thursday, May 4th, and Friday, May 5th. You can watch it online, but also you can attend in person. Uh, keynote speakers are Jay Annette Dennis, Kristen M. Yee, Irene Queso, Sherry Dew, and Camille N. Johnson. So that is worth noting. And then also there was a uh, sister missionary who passed away uh, down in Honduras. Yeah, I, I read that. That was pretty, pretty sad that it went so fast. And... Yeah, she she felt not well, uh, went to the doctor and they said, oh, uh, leukemia. And then w was had passed on within like a week's time. Yeah. Pretty, it... pretty crazy. Um. She was treated. Uh, doctors began emergency treatment, but she suffered complications and passed away. Sister Chavez was from Gualipa. Guatemala began her missionary service in August 2022. We send our love and prayers to Sister Chavez's family and the missionaries of the Honduras San Pedro Sula West Mission as we remember her faithful service. That, that is, yeah, just so hard. And and especially because you know that she she had lots of, you know, checkups and physicals and all the things before she left but to know that it went from nothing to this aggressive right. leukemia and then and then you passed jeez just just hard and then finally this let's end here uh the cultural hall uh you you knew that you could find us on twitter at the cultural hall you knew that you could find us on instagram at instagram.com the cultural hall or at the cultural hall you knew that you could find us on facebook at the cultural hall heck you can find us on youtube yes youtube at youtube.com forward slash the cultural hall. You could find us. Did I say Pinterest already? Did I say Facebook? I can't remember where I was at in this whole thing. But now, MySpace. Yeah. Now find Telegraph. the cultural hall at the cultural hall on TikTok. Hooray. Yep. So, so this is, this was some at the urging of you, truthfully, and some just kind of a blessing. There was someone else who had the account at the cultural hall. Uh, he and I met virtually over general conference and i said hey if you'd ever be willing we'd love to have that so that it fits in with the rest he's like yeah that's cool so now we have at the cultural hall it's pretty great there's nothing there there's nothing for you to see there because we're still trying to figure it out but you can see at the cultural hall uh, they're available now now the government can move forward with their ban yep let's now that we've it got done. it now that we've got it let's make sure we crush any sort of hope. You know, the thing I'm thinking about doing with the the TikTok is just doing short, like, uh, almost like articles of news, but it's just an article of news, right? Like, here's the headlines, and then just like a couple words, yeah, this is the summary of this, this yep. is the summary of this. I don't know. I don't know that that's it. If you have ideas for the Cultural Hall's TikTok, reach I, out I, to I, 
I feel like there's a the the lack of faithful church content on TikTok is is problematic. Okay. So any anything more that we, people can do to uh, increase the light there is is for the best. Okay. We'll we'll increase some light. Contact at theculturalhall.com. Russ, coming up in the second block, it's Nate Eaton from East Idaho News talking about the Lori Vallow Daybell case. And in the third block, it's the Temple Ticker. Thank you for your time, sir. Thanks. Hey, you guys wanted to talk to you about a new voice app on the Amazon Alexa. It's made by the church, that is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and it's geared for kids and grandkids aged 4 to 11. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill, and it allows your kids to play the Friend Magazine from an Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Now, here's what's cool about it. Each month, it's going to include new stories and new music from the Friend Magazine. It's, uh, you know, a thing that your kids, they know what it is. In fact, if you said, hey, kids, enable the Friend Magazine skill, they've already done it before you even ask them. And the best part is it's free. It's built by the church, so there is no advertisements or any content that you need to worry about. And it's a fun, great way to help your kids learn about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's called the Friend Magazine Skill. Be sure to enable it on your Amazon Alexa smart speaker. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Here in the second block of the Cultural Hall, we check in with our good friend in the 208. It's, uh, well, Nate Eaton is what he goes by, but I like to call him Nathan because, well, it feels a little more formal, a little more official, or brother Nate, if we if we can and or will. Uh, people that are longtime listeners of the Cultural Hall will know that we have had Nate drop in several times talking about the Lori Vallow Daybell and Chad Daybell case. And now that it has hit to court, you were demanded, Nate. People have demanded that you come back and give us an update. Wow. Uh, aside from court and everything, how are you hanging? <laughs> you holding it up okay? You hanging in there? I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm on the other side of the 208. Normally I'm in Idaho Falls, but now I'm in Boise for this trial that's expected to last another month or so. So nice to be back and uh, thanks for demanding me back. Now, I got to ask you because you are like the guy and maybe I'm, you know, putting you up on a pedestal or a Rammy Umptum, if we will. But you are like the guy of the Lori Vallow, Chad Daybell case. Lots of uh, you've been on Dateline and you've been in quoted in uh, Leah Satilli's book and all these different things like you are the kind of go to boots on the ground. So for the next month, are you living uh, in, in Boise, you've picked up and moved residents, kissed your kids on the forehead goodbye and said, I'll see you when uh, when this ends. Pretty much. I've gone home the past two weekends. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, yeah, I'm here Monday to Friday, though. I'm here Monday to Friday. And and I mean, I, I figure I've been on this from the beginning, so I can't miss the trial. And so far, the testimony and the evidence has just been like a fire hose of information. We knew a lot of it. Like we, we've, we've built it up over the years, mm -hmm. uh, all these leaks and people talking, but now we're getting it all in at once. And the jurors, I mean, you have to wonder what they're thinking to suddenly be 
put in this courtroom and hear about zombies and dead children and affairs and religious beliefs that are just unbelievable. Uh, so it's been it's been quite uh, two weeks now. We're into the trial, headed into the third week, and we'll see what else comes from it. So I'm curious, what what have we learned since the trial started? And if you don't know what's going on, you're going to have to either listen to previous episodes of the Cultural Hall or just go to East Idaho News. They have the best reporting about this, and that's where you can find a lot of neat stuff from the very beginning. Uh, what have we learned since the trial has started that maybe we didn't know before or it's been confirmed because of the the trial? What are, What are we learning in the last couple of weeks? Yeah, there's been a bunch of of little nuggets that that have come out uh, that I think we we uh, we knew or we assumed. I mean, the prosecution I think summed it up best in their opening statements that this is about money, sex, and power. They repeatedly said that that Lori and Chad would do anything uh, to achieve those three things, and if anything came in their way that prevented them from achieving those things, they would. Uh, get rid of them. They would eliminate them. So one little nugget, uh, their children, you know, Lori and Ch or Ch uh, Lori's children were found buried on Chad Daybell's property. We learned just a few days ago that uh, when Lori moved to Rexburg, her brother, who's now dead, set up an internet Wi-Fi, uh, you know, thing in their house so that they could get on the internet. And he texted Lori and said, I've set it up. The new password is too many kids. Mm. And Lori wrote back funny. And that's just a little nugget, but that shows the bigger thing as to what these people were talking about. And there's been there's been a lot of those. Um, Lori holding these gatherings of women from church to hold casting out ceremonies where each of them would have a role or an assignment to get rid of the evil spirits or the zombies in their spouses. And these casting out ceremonies were only held for the people who are dead. Nobody else hmm. had these evil hmm. spirits, just the people who were dead. So the prosecution's laying this out. They started with the grandmother on the stand. They've had family members and detectives on the stand. And, and the jurors, as far as I have been able to tell, have just been riveted on the testimony. They're sitting directly across from Lori. So they have a, a bird's eye view of her the entire time. And she can see them as well. Uh, so, you know, there'll be testimony that comes up that will probably get quite technical as far as GPS cell phone pings and things like that but thus far it has not there have not been any boring moments you know i i've heard it talked about quite a bit about the intersection of uh the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints and with chad and with Lori. and and to clarify this is only Lori that's in court right now chad's chad's court and day in court is forthcoming still still not set yeah, they like severed that. they severed the cases uh, about a month or two ago, uh, just because Chad has the death penalty for his case. They took it off for Lori's because she was insistent that she have her trial. She did not waive her right to have a speedy trial. So her defense thus far has not been um, not been very uh, prevalent. They, they, they've kind of been, you know, quiet and not asking a lot of questions. So Chad is getting a sneak preview of what his trial will be his attorney has been in there every day hmm. i'm sure he's letting chad know what's happening and and then after this trial wraps up a date for chad will be set and we'll see if that happens or he could enter into some sort of plea agreement so then back to the the uh, intersection with the church there have been a lot of people as i've sort of heard it on different podcasts and and different people discussing it saying well these are these are people who were not members of the church of jesus christ of latter day saints or you know because they held some beliefs that were not congruent maybe that they shouldn't have been but these were people that uh, until 
you know, they came back and found themselves in jail. We're attending even church in Hawaii and in, in the state of Idaho. They were, for all intents and purposes, how we would define it within the church, active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Absolutely. They, their friends testified they were going to the temple daily. Hmm. Lori was. Chad and Lori sealed themselves together in the temple, not, not in a ceiling room, but in another room, a waiting room or something. So uh, they were extreme members. Obviously, these beliefs, some hearing some of them active members of the church would say, I've never even heard of any of this stuff, because mm-hmm. it seems as if they took a little bit of, of, of things and collaborate, you know, put them all together and started teaching it. But yeah, they, they were active. Chad has since been uh, excommunicated or dismissed. Well, I don't know what the terminology, terminate. Well, I don't know what they call it now. Yeah. Uh, m- lost uh, his membership. Yeah. Mom- membership foregone. Uh, yes. See you later. <laughs> and we don't know about Lori's status. I, I have not heard what her status is, but clearly um, I don't know of any faith that teaches to uh, get rid of your spouse or children. Yeah. If they're in the way. What is it like? What is the experience like for you? Uh, I'm assuming you're in the courtroom daily as yeah. well. I, I've heard that it's, um, I don't know if mayhem is the word, but it's, it, it is a lot of people always trying to get in. Are you able to just have like a, this is Nate's chair and we know Nate's going to be here every day or how, how for you and reporting on this, how are you able to do some of those technical things? And then similarly, I mean, you, you have been affiliated with this case since it, it, uh, you know, first came about. I have to think that hearing these things again and in such a compacted time frame that it's affecting you or how does it not affect you? Uh, first question, there's a lottery system. You actually go on every morning at eight o'clock and reserve a seat for the next day in the courtroom. There's probably about 80 seats and they, those seats fill up within a minute every day. There's then an overflow room that you can go sit in that's far more comfortable, but you don't see all of the action. So I've been able to get a seat every day um, and I kind of have my space by the power outlet cause I'm typing all day long updates mm-hmm. on our site and people kind of respect that. Um, and, and I, I want to be there every day. I, I feel the need to, uh, secondly, it has been crazy to hear it all, but probably, uh, there was one day, the second day they showed the autopsy photos of JJ and what is left of Tylee. And I won't go into the graphic details, but it was so horrendous that it affected me uh, in an emotional way that I I have not had on a story. I've been reporting the news 17 years and to have the grandfather of these grandchildren sobbing in the courtroom as they're showing his grandson duct taped and tied up. And it was just horrific. And, and, um, you know, we're there to report the story and that's what I I'm doing, but it, it, I got, I have kids, I have two boys. He was buried in red pajama pants. My sons have red pajama pants. I mean, you can't help, but think of the, of, of your own kids. So it has been um, much more personal, I guess you could say thus far, but it's also nice to have a trial finally happening. It's been nearly four years now. It's nice to see these things finally happening, mainly for the families who are, who've been waiting and who are coming every day and hearing all of this and, Hopefully we'll have a verdict here, you know, by the end of May. And as we record this, it's just been the prosecution up to this point. Defense hasn't done anything on their end. Yeah, well, it's all it's all the prosecution size now. The defense has done some cross-examination, nothing too noteworthy. The defense has said when the prosecution rests, they have very few, if any, witnesses. So mm-hmm. their side could go very short. I mean, they could put Lori on the stand and that would be, you know, bombshell, must see what she's going to say. Or they could not, and they could just 
present whatever they have and move along. So it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. You say must see, and I know that with previous court cases that, I mean, I think of probably one of the pivotal ones in my youth is being able to watch the OJ Simpson trial every day. I remember we were on vacation and we were glued. I don't know why I was 14 or 15, but you know, you were watching the OJ Simpson trial. And uh, is this something that people can watch that people can hear live? Is it something like you talk about the lottery and there's, uh, you know, so many seats. Can anyone just come and try and put in for the lottery and be able to sit there? Anybody in public can, yes. And they're actually streaming it to the Madison County Courthouse in Rexburg, too. So you can go watch it there. Unfortunately, the judge banned cameras last fall. Mm. Uh, he had allowed cameras up, up to that point when her attorneys made a motion because she was smiling and grinning and and the judge banned cameras. So unfortunately, no, you can't watch it wherever you're at. Otherwise, I would say that every network would probably be carrying this trial because it's so uh, crazy. Uh eye-opening but we do get the audio at the end of every day so mm. we post it on eastidahonews.com and on our youtube channel for people that like that stuff and there are a lot of people that like that stuff because our numbers are through the roof i'm sure we, we post the whole hearing that you can go on and listen to as it develops and as i said thus far it has not been any snoozeworthy moments and the jurors have been very much uh keeping their attention how close of a watch did you keep it during jury selection? I, w- I have to imagine that some of those folks are members of the church, although I guess you wouldn't, that's not a, a question that's asked, or I guess I w- wouldn't think it would be a question that would be asked. It, it, is it, uh, I get, what what's the question I'm asking? Uh, the jury, I have to think that they're visibly affected too, as you were talking about, you know, these have got to be people, at least some of them, parents of children and all of these things. Is it Has it uh, been remarked emotionally on their end as well yes and and you're right they can't ask what religion you are um but they uh clearly um have been affected they have it's it's interesting to watch the jurors i would say the majority are around my age there are some elderly ones there are some younger ones there's a, a very young lady on there um and they there are some who take frantic notes, just constantly writing in their notebooks. The day that those autopsy photos were shown, um, I personally did not see a juror cry, but I've been told by several people who had a different seat, a different angle, that they did see at least one juror with Mm. tears in their eyes. And um, this is a lot of heavy stuff and a lot of crazy stuff. A lot of stuff that, you know, they they sent out around 2,000 questionnaires to people in Ada County. They moved the trial across the state because of publicity. And out of those 2,000, they end up with these 18, 12 actual jurors, six alternates. And these are the 18 that said they have seen the least about this case as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't seen the Netflix show. They haven't seen our coverage. They haven't seen Dateline 2020. So I can't imagine just suddenly being put in this courtroom uh, last Monday and you're hearing about zombies and life insurance policies and just the craziness of it all. And I don't know if they realize just how many people around the world are following this case. Mm-hmm. For people to get all the, uh, I was going to say latest and greatest, and that doesn't seem appropriate, <laughs> all of the horrible details of all of it, it's eastidahonews.com. People can be able to get that that audio at the end of every day, see your reporting and, and updates. And they expect it to wrap up the end of May? Well, they originally they said the trial was going to be eight weeks, so we are uh, two weeks into it. It could be it could be shorter than that. I'm also because there's no cameras in there. I'm live tweeting every minute or so, so you can follow my Twitter 
thread, or we post those updates on eastidahonews.com live. So you can go there and, and see them. And we're, it's, it's kind of like you're in the courtroom, I guess, uh, without being there. So, uh, and then at the end of the day, we post a recap of what happened, but it's, the, it's the case that, uh, people are watching. Yeah. We'll leave a link, uh, for your Twitter in, uh, the show notes, but tell people real quick where they can find it. If they're just listening to have their phones it's out. Nate news now easy to find. There it is. Give him a follow and uh, it, yeah, not for the faint of heart. Uh, yeah. it's, it's it's not a comedy <laughs> Twitter feed. It is a serious, but so such a well done uh, job that you do and and appreciate that you always are willing to come in and tell us a little bit about it, uh, about what's going on, what's going on for you, how it affects you. And man, it like you say, uh, eyes glued to not only the coverage, but to see what's going to happen. And lots of people, I won't put you in that position, but lots of people speculating as to what the defense may be when it finally gets to to uh, to be that point and the, the finger pointing that may occur. I'll bite my tongue. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. That's for sure. And we can all follow it. Eastside Ho News or Nate News Now. Did I get it right? It. There it, it is. Uh, follow those. Nate, thanks for dropping in and uh, visiting with us again. Thanks, Richie. Bestdjinutah.com. It's been a while since we've had a new one of these, and I apologize for that. It's because I've been so busy DJing events all over the country, uh, but especially here in Utah. Been able to do some great, uh, you know, weddings. I've done a, a prom or two for different listeners of the Cultural Hall. I love it when you uh, reach out to me at bestdjinutah.com, or uh, you can find the phone number online as well. I would love it if you say, hey, I heard about you on the Cultural Hall, because maybe, just maybe, I give a Cultural Hall discount. Uh, all sorts of events. It doesn't have to be a, a wedding. It could be a community event. Maybe it's a ward or youth activity. I'm doing one of those this summer. In fact, just lock the deal down on that. Uh, whatever it may be, if you need music to accompany your event, or you just need a great MC, I would love to be able to help you out you're simply going to need to go to bestdjinutah.com. Hi, friends. Dan, the laptop man here from PC Laptops. You can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop, and they start at only $29 a month, and it comes with a lifetime warranty. Just check us out at pclaptops.com. That's pclaptops.com. Here in the third block of the Cultural Hall, it's our temple ticker. It's Corey K. Ward, the pharaoh himself, uh, back in the great state of Zion, after visiting the mission field, I hate when people say stuff like that, by the way. Uh, you were down in uh, Mexico, yeah? Yeah, I was down in Mexico City. Now, last time we chatted, you had mentioned that you might uh, go to like the temple lots or go see some temples down in Mexico. Did you do any of that or was that like what I do, which is great intention, fall, uh, bad execution? No, yeah, I did actually go to the Mexico City Temple on Easter. I went there go see check it out um there's a visitor center there so um some some events going on there they didn't really talk to me oh really <laughs> it was kind of awkward i just kind of went through the visitor center and everything but never anyone approached me or anything so okay and then when i wanted to go into the temple grounds to take pictures the guards were said no you can't go on the temple grounds so i just had to take pictures through the fence <laughs> Did you see? I would have, and and I'm I know you, and I know your temperament, and I know that you probably did not do this, but I would have just, I would have taken my temple recommend in my wallet and just put it like a badge, and just been like, it's okay, and just walk right by them. But I'm, <laughs> I'm right. assuming you didn't do that. No, I was a little more respectful than that, Richie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, I did. <laughs> I did walk over to the MTC, 
as well. And I checked out the site where they're going to build the new temple there at the MTC in Mexico. So I meant and the, the Mexico MTC at this point is closed, right? There's not, are there, there's nobody there. Oh no, it's open. Oh really? For about a year or so it's been open. Okay. So this will be adjacent to not in replacement of. No, it's a, it's a huge campus. It's, okay. it's larger than the Provo campus. So Jeez. there's lots of big fields that they can they can build a temple that they have uh, just, just kind of the same as BYU. They have a uh, a bee on the mountain. The huh. former school there was called the Benimerito. And I tried to hike up to the bee. I didn't quite get all the way up, but I got a good view of what the MTC looks like and the future temple site. Now, let me ask you this about that. Were you trying to hike up to the bee so that you could put rainbow colored lights on for the nighttime? <laughs> because it's you can't protest. You can't protest on the bee. They will put orange plastic fencing around it and tell you, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, the church doesn't own this bee. And actually, okay. the, the bee's kind of been, they haven't really kept updating it. So it's kind of, the paint's kind of wearing away and it's kind of faded because, well, the school's gone now. So okay. no one's really, no one has incentive to upkeep the bee. I really think that, uh, by the way, that'll be the, uh, the name of this episode. No one's upkept the bee. I just want you to know that. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I really wish that it would have been a protest. Let's move on. We're talking about temples. Why are we talking about all these things? I guess they're temple adjacent. Uh, not a ton in temple news, but I, mouth agape, was surprised by news of the temple from uh, yesterday. Not like, oh, oh yeah, gosh, that's shocking, but I had no idea that something like that was coming. We'll get to that, but you've prepared some other temple news first. Let's get to it. Sure. I think a lot of the, the church's coverage on temples the last couple of weeks has been the Saratoga Springs, Utah Temple. They had a media day and an open house started started this past week. And so they released the interior photos for the first time of the temple. And you really get to see kind of what the, the theme of the temple that they chose. Um, they chose a lot of blues, purples, golds, greens. And then um, they kind of took inspiration from Utah Lake itself. So if you look at all the stained glass, there's kind of at the bottom, there's some water and then some grass, and then there may be some like birds, and then at the top of the windows, there's some mountains. So yeah, for people who don't know, Saratoga Springs on the west side of Utah Lake, and a huge, massive, just in the last what ten or fifteen years, went from being a place where people are like, ah, I guess you could drive out there to everyone lives out there. It's one of the only places you can afford to live. <laughs> That's right. It used to just be some farmers' fields. That the yeah, owned. for a long time. Um, for a long time, they're west of Lehigh, and now it's been developed into two big cities, Eagle Mountain and Saratoga Springs, and they're going to get even bigger these next couple of years. So, uh, Now, you have not yet gone, but you intend to go. You'll give us a report when you go through the Saratoga Springs? If I, yeah, I might. We'll see. Okay, okay. Uh, and then I, this was an interesting note, the coming cascade of Utah Temple open houses. Tell me about this. Yeah, in, in the media day that they had, um, some of the general authorities talked about um, that there hasn't been an open house in Utah since 2018 when the Jordan River Utah Temple uh, reopened. And so they actually kind of wanted to have a larger open house. They, they're opening up for 12 weeks, three months. And so they're just encouraging a lot of people to, to over summer vacation to come and invite their friends and everything. But um, currently there's 11 new temples in Utah, including this one that are under construction. And then there's three temples that are under renovation. So in the next three to five years, there's going to be, you know, 15 open houses in Utah. Jeez. Jeez. That's pretty awesome. And a lot. And a lot. Uh, now we go to uh, a, an actual groundbreaking. This was cool. 
Yeah, so they're in Vanuatu um, on April 8th. They had a groundbreaking for the temple there in Port Vila. Um, it was by Brent K. Natris, um, and then the prime minister of the nation came and attended. Uh, so Elder this... Natris was the one who spoke at general conference that uh, the funny thing on Twitter was is everyone said, Elder Mattress? That's right. Is that, is that what they said? Because whoever introduced him ha had just enough of a slur that you went, did he say Mattress or Natris? So <laughs> Elder Natris. Uh, uh, tangential, of course. Yeah, so this groundbreaking was delayed because they had two typhoons roll through the country. So luckily they're they're going to start building now. And then we go to Okinawa, which people of my generation, the only reason they know about Okinawa is because of Karate Kid 2. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, World War II or anything like no, that. No, 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 no. That's the generation before me. How old do you uh, think okay. I am? My generation knows Okinawa <laughs> because that's where Mr. Miyagi and Daniel LaRusso go for the second uh, installment of Karate Kid. Yeah, well, I mean, this time was a surprise when it was announced because there's only like one stake in a district on the island. And so um, it's a small 10,000 square foot temple, but um, it's it's pretty beautiful. Um so yeah, they're going to have an open house in September 23rd through October 7th. And then they'll have a dedication on November 12th by Gary Stevenson. And um, what's special about that is that that was an area on his mission. He talked about um, back in the 80s, 70s, he was mm -hmm. serving in Japan. Um, there was that meeting in Tokyo with Spencer W. Kimball, and he was actually not allowed to go to that meeting where he, they announced the Tokyo Temple. Hmm. So... <laughs> Um, or he missed he missed the boat or something. I can't remember what it was, but yeah, now he's going to dedicate the temple in his former mission area. And, and the reason why that is because it's so remote is that because you're saying there's only just a stake in a in a small district or, or yeah. around the island, just because it's hard and to then, get there. Mm -hmm. And there's also, I mean, a military base that's pretty big. There's a large American presence, so there's a lot of members that live there as well. Uh, it, does it have any sort of influence, uh, like what I would think of to be Japanese architecture within the temple, or does it look like something we took from mainland United States and plopped onto Okinawa? No, I would say it's very Japanese themed. Good, good, we'll, good. We'll see what the interior photos look like. I like that. Uh, and then this was the thing that surprised me, the San Diego temple. Get there quick, because they're shutting it down for a hot minute. That's right. The San Diego California Temple will close in July 2023. And that's actually the last couple of temple renovations that they've announced. They've announced them like a year in advance. And then now, boom, July, it's going to be closed. And then who knows how long they didn't give an estimate about the date, but probably two or three years, I assuming. Is there any speculation as to why? Because that that to me doesn't, uh, I mean, seismically, I feel like it's built recent enough that it would be fine as far as that goes. Maybe not. Maybe that's what they're going to be doing. I, I don't, it's not in an area that I think mold uh, would be an issue, you know. It's in yeah, it's only about places. 30 years old. Um, there's there's still a lot of temples that are older than this that haven't got renovations, like LA. Mm -hmm. Los Angeles is from the 50s and it hasn't had a proper renovation. Um, so yeah, it is interesting that they they chose to. No sort of scuttlebutt about it? Come on, give me the deep, uh, <laughs> the deep threads of Reddit. Nothing? I, I don't know. Nothing. Okay. Well, well, I know that if there is something that you'll find it out, and that's why we have you do the temple ticker. Uh, yeah, this this temple is unique because um, it's like a the theme that they use to the temple is like an eight sided star. So imagine like the Star of David, like the the six pointed star, two triangles. Mm -hmm. um, this the theme on this um, temple is an eight sided star, kind of a square within a square. Mm -hmm. 
And it's kind of interesting because over the years, this symbol has been adopted by members of the church to be the seal of Melchizedek. Hmm. And so you'll find a lot of like things online, people selling rings and stuff about the seal of Melchizedek. And um, I looked at, there's a professor at BYU that looked into this and he thinks it was mistakenly associated with Melchizedek. Um, so if you want to read that paper that he wrote, um, he thinks that uh, there's there's this old glyph of, in Israel mm-hmm. that has this, this symbol on it. And underneath it, it says Melchizedek. But um, he thinks that if you read the text, it doesn't mean that that is the, the symbol of Melchizedek. Anyways, there's a little bit of lore there. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. And that link, of course, will be in the show notes of things that uh, you prepare. Now, before I forget, um, when we chatted with you before, and I know we got more temple news that we're going to get to, uh, I I had uh, Jenny Reader, who is a historian from the from the church. She reached out to me. She's a, an avid listener of the Cultural Hall, and she weighed in about. Remember, we were talking about the silver Moroni. Yes, she said, "Hey, I found out why the Cote Cote uh, the Cote de la Ivory Coast, yeah, yep, the Ivory Coast has a, has a silver Moroni uh, from your temple ticker. Apparently, uh, the church has been concerned about having too many statues and." as a general rule, has decided to stop using them. The decision was made after the Avajan temple was planned, and they didn't want to put up a gold Moroni in a poverty-stricken area, so they decided on pewter. So it's actually pewter, not even pewter. silver. Okay. Uh, but I thought that was cool for a couple of reasons. One, it's someone interacting with the cultural hall. Thank you, Jenny Reader. And two, that it was Jenny Reader reacting with the cultural hall. I thought that was awesome. So, Yeah, she's awesome. Thanks. Oh, very cool. Speaking of uh, temples that may or may not get the uh, angel, the statue, when they get completed with renovation, uh, I'm telling you, I think that that's when they're going to finally say, and we don't do this anymore, no more Moroni on the Salt Lake Temple. That's just my, my, that's my hard take here. Oof. That would be big. It would be big. And then we'd all talk about it. And and then you know when another president we'd have to take off all in, the other ones yeah yeah when another president of the church comes in we go yeah we can put them back on it's fine it's different now it's a different it's a different thing we it's do historical it yeah yeah yep. so let's do Salt Lake Temple there was the big thing that's like oh no we're only halfway yeah and remember we we discussed that oh they didn't give any reasons of why 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 are they delayed what are those unforeseen things and actually um, the Desert News asked them. Like, hey, why is it taking longer? And they gave them three reasons. They said, one, because of the pandemic, there's been a lot of supply chain disruptions. And so, for example, some of the forklifts that we need to lift those base isolators are taking, you know, six to 12 months to come. Jeez. And then, um, two, the building has unique seismic and structural work. And so, you know, you have tall, reinforced, unreinforced um, structure. And um, what part of what they had to do is um, in the jack and bore process, dig um, through hand. Um, through they thought they could maybe um, use the equipment to bore into the foundation, but instead they had to send someone down into the dark tunnel and dig by hand. Wow! Wow! <laughs> and then number three, um, unforeseen uh, conditions about the excavation. So they basically un- undercovered the the foundation. They it's from the eight, 1800s. They had a renovation in the 1960s, and they found that. Uh, the condition of the foundation it wasn't as great as we thought it was. There's a lot of large gaps in it, and so that's taking longer. Hmm. Hmm. But now, fifty percent completed, and they're starting to build up rather than take off. The base isolators are installed. 
We're rolling in the concrete trucks. I love it. It's like we're putting it all back together. Yeah, that's right. They've finished kind of taking out everything that they need to, and now they're going to pour a bunch of concrete. It's like Humpty Dumpty almost. <laughs> now we're going to put all the king's horsemen and all the king's men. We're going to work to put the Salt Lake Temple back together again. I'm full of great nonsensical adages. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Uh, and then there's just other kind of random things. And I like this construction updates. Yeah, uh, we had mentioned I had mentioned a few months ago that they were fasting that building permits would be issued for the Willamette Valley uh, Temple there in Springfield, Oregon, and they have. And so now they're starting construction um, full. And then in Yorba Linda, California, we had talked about that there was an electrical transformer that was on the site that needed to be replaced, and mm -hmm. so they finally did that. And they demolished the chapel already, but they didn't demolish the steeple. So they finally got to the steeple and demolished that. The steeple was not part of the building then. Yeah, it was kind of detached, like those um, designs from like the 70s, 80s. Yeah, okay. And then you sent me this. There was a, a local news story in Las Vegas. They talked about the Lone Mountain Nevada Temple. And even though on their headline they said new information released, there was no new information released. It was <laughs> stuff that the church had released months ago that this is where it's going to be. This is how big it's going to be. We don't know when it's going to be started. And that's it. You know, not in this uh, construction update, and maybe it falls in a different thing, but, you know, as we're wrapping out this temple ticker, it, it appears to me you don't have it. Uh, after a general conference when President Nelson said, hey, we need to not have uh, contention and we need to be kind and we need to collaborate and work with people. Uh, in the sweet nature that people have up in the Heber Valley, where the Heber Temple is being built and there's some controversy about the lights, people are now using President Nelson's words to be like, hey, guys, <laughs> why are you trying? Why is the church? Why is the church trying to, you know, be rabble rousers here? Why aren't they working with the community to uh, to to make a peaceful resolution about this temple? It's fascinating. The passive aggressiveness between the people, the members of the church and the non-members of the church and even members and members of the church saying, no, what, why are we destroying a dark sky place for a temple? And now using president Nelson's words from general conference. So it's a, it's a sweet bit of inside baseball church, passive aggressiveness, but it is fascinating to see that social experiment walk out. Yeah. I thought you'd say that the members of the church were saying to everyone, Hey, why, why are you opposing this? Why are you being contentious? Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> it's uh, non-members and also some members of the church that are like, listen, we're not going to do this. Why, why is the church now trying to cause conflict? Why aren't, why aren't they taking their own words from their own prophet and following them and, and trying to come with a, a peaceful resolution to all this? Just keep the keep the light switch off. We'll get like one of those little things that you put in the socket and connect all the temple lights to it, and we'll set it to go off at eight p.m. and it'll just go lights off. I'm telling you, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I know it won't be that, so we don't need to see that happens. Uh, and then the the Paris France temple temple as we round out this news. Yeah, um, Elder Rathbun was recently in Europe. And the Middle East, I think. And so he stopped over at the Paris France Temple there in Versailles, um, close to Versailles. It's actually in the town of, I think it's Le Chesney. Um, and yeah, he visited the mayor there. The mayor um, came to the temple. He had already attended the open house a few years ago, but it seems like uh, Elder Rasban is continuing a good relationship there with the mayor of the city. Yeah, pretty fascinating uh, temple news. Who knows? And now, as you've sort of 
you've said, but it's worth reinstating or reinforcing. Uh, now it seems like the temp the church is on a pretty good uh, clip about every Monday afternoon is when they announce new temple stuff. And that's just seems to be when we can anticipate it. Uh, people that listen to the culture hall can know every couple episodes, whenever we do the articles of news, don't plan on it every single time, unless there's something that's sort of groundbreaking <laughs> pun intended. Um, but we'll have Corey K. Ward, the Pharaoh himself, come in and tell us about what's the latest, what's the greatest as far as temples go, uh, what you need to be aware of and where you need to be able to, to go and see and do and hear all the things, including uh, Google Earth examinations about, you know, what, what was there and what needs to be there and what used to be there and why it might be different. That's why we love Corey so much. Uh, anything else to add as we wrap this sucker up? Um, just that with that, uh, announcement of that dedication in November. There's now 10 scheduled dedications for this year. So we'll see if any more get put in by the end of the year. Two. Two more. You think a so? Dozen. Okay. That's my bet. I'll, and I'll buy you lunch if I'm wrong. <laughs> if it's anything less than a dozen, then I owe you lunch. If it's more than a dozen, we'll just call it good. Okay. Let's count on it. You can't lose. Yeah. You can't lose. Uh, well, we hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. Hope that if you're unable to listen to this week, you'll be able to listen to it next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home in safety. In the meantime, Chris at Alpine Lakes Travel, Rick McGee, Debbie Wanless, and Chocolate Cake Bites Podcast. We'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural, the Cultural Hall. Hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really got.